Circus Act continues, and we've got the Wimbledon finals, men's and women's final breakdowns. It's all action packed here. This is No Holds Barred. And we was only in the elevator. Hope my mind is right, cause the look is made. When women don't wanna come, I make Right around 3 a.m. No holds barred. What a program we've got today. A lot to get through. We need to get started straight away. We've got a full round of AFL matches to get through. We've got NBA Summer League. We've got the August 26 fight, Mayweather and McGregor. That circus act continues. We're going to talk a bit about that. And then we've got the Wimbledon finals, men's and women's breakdown. The great man Federer wins his eighth title, and Murgaruza from Spain. It's a big show. It's a big show. We're going to start with AFL football. As I said, a full round of matches. And it started with Friday Night Football. We previewed this on the program. Essendon versus St Kilda. And the Saints put in an absolute stinker. And the Bombers ran out winners. 17-16, 118 to the Saints. 7-15-57. And as I mentioned previously, St Kilda were bitterly, bitterly disappointing. Uh, under lights there. Friday Night Lights. And uh, they were like a deer in headlights, more like it. Um, they were never in the contest. Essendon, far too, uh, far too dynamic, far too quick. And uh, the topsy-turvy Saints were uh, showing, uh, showing their worst form there. And we spoke about this. The Saints were on the cusp of uh, really sneaking into the top four if they were able to get a victory there. But because they're such a young side, the inconsistency continues to plague them. And it's uh, something that... Um, St Kilda fans are more than aware of, and uh, it seems to be uh, a bit of a, a process for, for St Kilda, and they were, they were found wanting there on Friday night. Uh, Joey Danaher was uh, absolutely superb. Uh, he's, a, he's a superstar, I believe. Uh, Eston have got him uh, well under market value there. I think he's a, definitely a million-dollar-a-year player. Um, and uh, they had no answer for him. Uh, and St Kilda really just managed to move the ball. Their, uh, their speed and their, uh, their quickness wasn't on show. They failed to, uh, to really make an impact. 
trying to get through, uh, trying to break through uh, the press that Essendon uh, put on defensively, and uh, it was a real blowout in the end. And the Bombers, uh, the Bombers are hanging around. Um, they still have the hopes of playing finals, but they they have been inconsistent too at times. So um, it's a real chance for them to uh, continue that form uh, this week and and to uh, to nail down a, a, a finals berth. But as I said the Bombers far too good. St Kilda back to the drawing board, and um, they really need to bounce back this week uh, if they are to uh, to really uh, play uh, play any uh, any kind of. Uh, Finals action uh, in this upcoming season. Geelong and Hawthorne played an absolute cracker. It was 13-10-88 to Hawthorne, 12-13-85. Dangerfield was absolutely dynamic. Uh, it was a physical contest as these two uh, these two sides bitter rivals. But, uh, but Hawthorne really showing their improvement again. Um, yeah, as I said at the start of the year, they were uh, looked like they were really going to struggle to really make any impact at all. But they were super competitive again against one of the Premiership favourites. So uh, it was um, Luke Hodges' uh, 300th game. And uh, in the end, uh, it was Geelong holding on for that three-point victory. So Geelong consolidating their top four credentials. And Hawthorne um, finals uh, perhaps look uh, out of the picture for the Hawks at this stage. Uh, Port Power, 19-13-127. Thrash North Melbourne. 8957 North Melbourne all kinds of speculation in terms of uh, their future with their coaching staff as well there are uh, their coach uh, Brad Scott there's been talk of uh, him heading across to Collingwood at year's end um, that speculation will continue uh, will be con- will continue to uh, to go ahead uh, the more North Melbourne continue to struggle and uh, really really hard to take any positives out of uh out of the game on the weekend. Port Power, far too dominant, far too good. Port Power going in a completely different direction to to that of North Melbourne. And uh, North Melbourne really got some work to do as a club, as a franchise. And um, they are in all sorts of trouble. Trouble for North Melbourne. They really need to uh, change their fortunes around. It's really hard to, to know where they go from here. They're sitting third last on the ladder at this uh, this current stage and um, it uh, it uh, looks doesn't look like it's going to get any better for them moving forward uh, Collingwood got a victory uh, a well uh, a well timed victory they have been uh, really struggling of late also Nathan Buckley under the pump there uh, at Magpie Land, and Collingwood got the victory, 15-13-103 over Gold Coast, 13-10-88, and uh, both coaches there, Buckley uh, for Collingwood and um, Rodney Ead for the Gold Coast, um, both of those guys were looking for uh, a, a big win there to take the pressure off them, uh, took a bit of heat off Buckley, and uh, that heat has gone directly to Rocket Rodney Ead, and um, the Gold Coast can't seem to... Uh, string any kind of consistency together at all um, and uh, Collingwood with uh, a much much needed win there so uh, the the heat comes off Buckley uh, for a little while at least at least for a week and uh, Rodney Ede uh, whether or not he is the coach of Gold Coast next year is yet to be seen but uh, it may be time for Gold Coast to move in a different direction 
Um, the Adelaide Crows uh, were dominant against Melbourne, uh, 17-14, 1-16 to Melbourne, 10-10-70. And they flew out of the gates, the Adelaide Crows. And uh, really, uh, Melbourne never stood a chance in this one. Uh, that match was played up... Uh, up in the Northern Territory, up there in Darwin, in uh, hot, humid conditions. And Adelaide, they are one of the premiership favourites and they really flexed their muscle and uh, made Melbourne look second-rate. And, and Melbourne really uh, are probably going to play finals this year, um, but they were uh, definitely out of their depth and out of their class and Adelaide jumped them from the get-go and uh, never looked back. And Adelaide really firming as one of the premiership favourites this year and they uh, they have a high octane offence uh, are well balanced through the midfield uh, in defence and uh, and have a lightning attack and uh, they have got firepower in all areas of the ground and they are going to take some serious beating come September uh, Richmond bounced back beating the Brisbane Lions 16-16-1-12 to Brisbane 12-9-81 um, uh, a victory that Richmond needed uh, to really consolidate their their spot in the eighth. Uh, Dustin Dustin Martin was absolutely dynamic with 40 possessions, um, but he's under some speculation in terms of uh, you know, on a striking charge. So we'll see what transpires there. He's one of the he's one of the Brownlow favourites. Uh, he got some serious attention from um, a couple of the taggers there from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, so coach Damien Harbick has come out in defence of his uh, of his superstar saying look he needs to be protected more guys are haggling him, guys are niggling at him uh, which is going to happen uh, and Dusty kind of lost his cool there and uh, hopefully he doesn't pay the price uh, and uh, and get rubbed out to miss some time and also to, uh, to uh, really uh, ruin his Brownlow medal chances uh, the, the Western Bulldogs bounced back. They needed a victory. They got the victory over the Blues. 12-10-82 to Carlton. 9-8-62. It was a real scrappy affair. Carlton once again uh, competitive, but just pulling up short. They are a young group. Then coach Brendan Bolton has them moving in the right direction. And the Bulldogs kept their their finals hopes alive with a, with a scrappy victory. The Bulldogs are really battling. But they showed some real resolve when they needed this victory. And uh, they are hanging on for dear life in terms of their, their premiership defence. So coach Luke Beveridge uh, was relieved with the victory. And uh, the Bulldogs really need to string some, uh, some matches together to, to sneak into the finals uh, for 2017 to get a shot at uh, defending their premiership. Uh, the other match, the, the Western Derby, the West Coast Eagles and Fremantle. And it was the West Coast Eagles, 11-8-74 uh, to Fremantle, 5-14-44. Uh, another scrappy affair, another physical affair. Uh, inaccurate kicking cost uh, the Fremantle Dockers dearly, 5-14. Not going to get the job done. Bad kicking is bad football. And uh, the Eagles uh, with a, a very, very good win there in the Western Derby. Um, more efficient with a, 11 goals, 8-74. And um, they are stoked with that victory there, and the Eagles looking good for September. And the Sydney Swans have continued their meteoric rise here. They started the season 0-6, and now the Swans are a game outside of the top four. Can you believe it? They have beaten their rival, the GWS Giants. That was the Sydney Swans, 14-12-96, GWS 12-11-83. And 
It was Buddy Franklin, four goals, four. He was the dominant man on the ground, and he was the difference maker in this one here. And GWS, uh, you know, the premiership favourites uh, with another tough loss here in a big game. And uh, the Sydney Swans have, uh, as I said, have got the upper hand in this rivalry here. Uh, the more experienced, bigger-bodied uh, Swans. And, and GWS really need to start winning these kind of games um, because they are going to be tested by the, uh, by the better sides in the competition. They are. The Premiership favourites, there's a lot of hype around the, uh, around the, these guys. And the Swans just got down and dirty and, and got, the, uh, got the victory there on the weekend. And, uh, you know, to, to think the Sydney Swans are only, uh, you know, a game from uh, the top four is an absolutely incredible, incredible thing in itself. As I said, uh, starting the season 0-6, such a professional outfit to, to get themselves back, uh, back in contention. And uh, GWS, they're going to be uh, tested uh, time and time again. They do come with incredible hype. They, their list is absolutely loaded. Their list is stacked. There's no doubt about that. They've got superstars all over the ground. But it's a team game. And the Swans, they're the ultimate team. And uh, Coach John Longmire has got to be absolutely wrapped with the way they went about on the weekend. As I said, big, the big bud star, big buddy Franklin, he was a, he was a difference maker. Uh, eight scoring shots, four goals, four, and uh, he basically uh, was um, was a real focal point there for the Swans. And, and GWS really had no answers for the for the big superstar. And uh, the Sydney Swans have got uh, all teams throughout the competition looking over their shoulder because they mean business and they are really flying home at the at the pointy end of the season. And uh, if they get themselves into the top four, they have got to be one of the, uh, the premiership favourites. And to be saying that uh, at this stage of the year is absolutely outrageous, um, considering uh, their terrible start to the campaign in 2017. So it was a huge weekend in footy. Um, you know, some, um, some upsets there. The Swans over GWS was the big one there. And, and the Saints, real disappointing after they were thrashed in Friday Night Football there. Uh, by the Bombers and um, you know with uh, about five or six rounds to go uh, before finals uh, things are even every match every four points that uh, the teams can get are like absolute gold at this stage and uh, things are really hotting up uh, for season 2017 stay tuned we're going to give you more uh, more AFL later on the week with, uh, with uh, some big matchups this weekend Coming up next on No Holds Barred, we've got NBA Summer League time. We've got Lon's Watch. Lonzo Ball, what has the rookie been up to now? And uh, we've also got Mayweather and McGregor. The circus act continues and all the rap and the wash-up from the Wimbledon finals. This is No Holds Barred. When I rub a Sheila, when we could then she got me saying... Yes, and Kilda, so, so disappointing. I mean, that was smashed. Embarrassing performance from them. And the Bombers. Bombers play an attractive brand of football. Joey Danaher, he's a superstar. Love watching him play. He's, uh, he's going to be an all-timer, that kid, I'll tell you what.
absolute all-timer. Listening to No Holds Barred, we're going to segue into some NBA, the Summer League, getting interesting over there in the United States in Vegas, and the super rookie, Lonzo Palooza, Lonzo Ball, tore the Cleveland Cavaliers apart. He had another triple-double, 16 points, 12 dimes and 10 boards, and uh, he had the crowd on the edge of their seat once again. And it's actually the way Lonzo Ball is going about his business. Now, clearly, uh, he needs to work on his uh, on his outside game with, with his shooting, but you know, all reports is he just gets all his teammates uh, involved. He pushes the ball up the the floor at record pace. Uh, he's been doing well on the glass, and he's just an absolute real joy to watch. And he was only going to get better and better from here. Now, as I said previously, I said this on last on the last show. Um, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This is the summer league. It doesn't really mean anything, um, but um, it's just a chance for him to get out there and showcase what he does. The Lakers are loving this. It's drawing nothing but uh, nothing but attention to their organisation and their franchise. And you know, Lonzo Ball um, is creating all kinds of uh, excitement um, for the Lakers. They haven't uh, had this. For quite some time now, they have they have struggled over the last three or four years, and um, you know the number two pick is uh, creating all kinds of hype and attention back uh, back to uh, to Hollywood and the the purple and gold, and uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers really had no answer uh, to his 16 points, 12 dimes, and 10 boards um, last night against the the Dallas Mavericks in the semifinals. So yeah, it's getting to the business end now, the summer league. Um, the Lakers 108 to the Dallas Mavericks 98, and Lonzo left the game um, with car- calf tightness. Um, but up up until then, he had 16 points, 10 dimes, and four boards, uh, and they did enough. The Lakers did enough to get over the line by 10 points, and they moved into the they moved into the title game uh, to play the Portland Trailblazers. So um, Lonzo, he was asked after the game whether or not he's going to be able to suit up for that match. He said, look, he'll be doing everything in his power to get out there to lead his team uh, to the Summer League title um, for this year in Vegas. Um, so, you know, creating all kinds of excitement there. Um, as I said, we'll put a lid on it. It is only the Summer League, but he's doing some things so far throughout throughout the Summer League that um, no one has done thus far in terms of, uh, you know, a couple of triple doubles uh, so far throughout the throughout the league, and um, Lonzo is uh, just showcasing his uh, his ability to pass, get the ball off the floor, get all his teammates involved, and uh, they are having a great time with him uh, running the show there, running the point. Um, six foot six, six foot seven, uh, long arms. So far, he's probably struggled defensively. Uh, he will need to improve in that area, um, but. He's uh he's doing other things. I said he's he's clearly uh you know as, uh, getting double digit assists every time out there. Um, he's getting on the glass, and uh, he will need to improve that outside shot as well. Um, I think believe he's shooting in the the high you know 37, 38 percent. That's not going to cut it. Um, come uh, the real NBA season, he's going to want to get that up uh, to the mid 40, you know mid 40s, 44, 45 percent. Um, but 
He's all about pushing the ball. He's all about getting his teammates involved. And uh, he's all about, um, you know, leading his teammates. He's all about the victory. Uh, and he's accumulating some nice numbers throughout the summer league. But the Lakers will play the Portland Trailblazers in the title game. We're going to bring you that. Um, Lon's watch will continue. Lon's a palooza. The Lon show. And uh, we'll see what the super rookie can produce in the title game. Um, I'll be very surprised if calf tightness, if he doesn't doesn't play in that game. He'll want to get out there. He'll want to put on a show. And he wants to lead the Lakers to the Summer League title 2017. We're going to segue on to the... And we've got to talk about this. We have got to talk about this circus act that is going on with Floyd Money Mayweather and the notorious Conor McGregor, the the four-stop world tour promoting their August 26 bout. And the only other way to describe this is that it is an absolute circus act. And now both fighters will go into, uh, you would think... Um, complete lockdown and training for their August 26 uh, bout uh, in Las Vegas and I just find this uh, so so interesting Uh, this promotion is completely out of control um, and it's very clear very clear that this is nothing but a money grab by these two guys there's absolutely no doubt about it McGregor has come out and said, yeah, he's going to quadruple his net worth with one fight. But there's no doubt about it. The public are absolutely lapping this up. Um, They were getting upwards of 20,000 people at some of these arenas. Um, It started in uh, Los Angeles, I believe, then moved on to Toronto, uh, Brooklyn, New York, and then uh, finished up in London, concluded in London. And... uh, McGregor is the ultimate salesman. Uh, he's over-the-top antics. But what, what this actually does is it actually reminds me of the world, world wrestling entertainment. The WWE used to be the WWF. And I remember watching the WWF as a youngster, as a child. And, of course, it's all scripted. And, uh, it, uh, and, and this, this just, seems, it just seems like it's scripted. It's so over-the-top. Um, you know, we've got, you know, a prize fighter and a, and a UFC star, and it just looks like a one-off, over-the-top entertainment circus act. And I really hope that the August 26 uh, bout provides value for, for spectators and fans. Uh, I, I really hate to see... Um, you know the over-the-top antics and the and the end product is really what what it's really all about. Um, you know, I, I really don't see how McGregor can stand a chance because uh, this is all on Mayweather's terms. He's going to get in the in a boxing ring and fight with gloves, no kicking. None of the none of the UFC rules are being implemented, so he's going to stand there toe to toe with Mayweather, who over his 20-year career. Basically, he's never been touched. He's basically never been touched. Now, there's a lot of pundits out there or, or people that don't like the way Mayweather goes about his fights. He stick. He's a, you know, he's one of the best defensive, arguably the best defensive fighter uh, the game's ever seen. Um, but he's not exciting in terms of uh, from a Mike Tyson or a Manny Pacquiao kind of 
perspective. He doesn't knock uh, his opponents out. He basically just uh, jabs them and uh, prize fights them in the, in the submission, uh, you know, just through sticking and moving. And it's virtually been impossible to, to, to lay a glove on Mayweather over his 20-year career. So how McGregor's going to do that uh, during this August 26 fight, uh, I really have no idea. As I said, it's all on Mayweather's terms. And um, most of the experts are not giving uh, McGregor a chance whatsoever to uh, to win this fight. McGregor's come out and said, I'm going to put him to sleep within four rounds. There's no doubt about that. Um, this is nothing but just pure entertainment. And, you know, a lot of people are going to watch this fight just because of the, uh, just because of the circus act that it actually is. Uh, I'd be very surprised if McGregor uh, is able to get the victory over Mayweather in this one. Um, and, and as I said, it's just pure entertainment. There's, there's plenty of fun involved here. And uh, McGregor's a lightning rod, lightning rod for attention. I think he, uh, the absolute smack talk that he, was, uh, that he was coming up with over the four, uh, the four city world tour. Um, I thought he got the, the points decision with the smack talk. Uh, but come August 26, I think McGregor's in a world of hurt. And uh, I think Mayweather's going to uh, punish him into submission. And the experts in Vegas, the odds are all in Mayweather's, uh, Mayweather's favour, and so they should be. He's going to be in the ring. It's on his terms. And I expect Mayweather to get the chocolates with this one here. Yeah, I mean, this thing is it's just completely over the top. You know, boxing already is a joke. Right? Boxing already is a joke. Uh, you know, Mayweather was the only, and, and Pacquiao were the, were the only real stars. Um, we know what happened with the Pacquiao fight. Uh, you know, a lot of people believe he was robbed that fight in Brisbane. They're going to have a rematch. Um, and, you know, the, the UFC... I think is uh, a fantastic organisation and uh, and business, global business. But uh, you know, Dana White uh, is, has been there beside McGregor every step of the way. And look, this promotes his business. Um, Going to make uh, huge dollars. Uh, I just hate to see uh, the over the top uh, antics. I want to see. Uh, I want to see uh, the end product. Is really what it's all about. And I'm thinking with this one here, a lot of people are going to be disappointed. A lot of people are going to be watching. I'll be watching. I've made the call on that. I'll be watching to see what takes place. And I'm hoping McGregor can lay a few on, on Mayweather and, and make it interesting. But um, I think overall, uh, I think this is tailor-made for Mayweather, even at his age, uh, the age that he's giving up. It's, it's on his terms, in the ring, uh, with gloves, and uh, I'll be very surprised if McGregor's able to knock Mayweather out within four rounds like uh, like he's predicted. But, hey, I can't wait to see the result. Um, it, should be, it should be a lot of fun. Um, coming up next, we've got the Wimbledon finals. The women and the men, the finals breakdowns, Mergeruza and Federer, champions for 2017. You're listening to No Holds Barred. We're back. No holds barred. Getting towards the conclusion of today's 
program. We need to talk Wimbledon finals. That wrapped up over the weekend. And the women's final. Muguruza and Venus Williams. It was a very, very tight first set. Venus Williams, the five-time champ, had a couple of set points there towards the latter part of that set. But Muguruza, she dug deep and hung tough and was able to edge Williams out 7-5 in the first set. And after that, the floodgates opened and the five-time champ, Williams, started to show... Uh, Kind of started to show uh, her uh, her age, I guess, 37 years of age, a phenomenal effort to get to the final, playing some uh, fantastic tennis. But I think it started to take take its toll, um, the physicality of the event, and uh, and also a, a younger, uh, more determined, focused, uh, and talented uh, op- opponent in uh, Muguruza. So she adds the Wimbledon title to her French Open title. And Muguruza really, uh, after that French Open title, after she was flung into the spotlight, um, there were obviously huge raps on her. We had a new star of the women's game. And she kind of really uh, struggled to deal with those expectations. Moving back down the rankings, uh, and now as she is the, uh, the new Wimbledon champion, uh, you would expect her to be able to move back up the, the world rankings on the women's side um, with some of the... The big players are out of the women's game. Obviously, uh, Serena Williams, Sharapova, just back from her drug controversy. Victoria Azarenka uh, coming back as well uh, to the women's tour. But uh, Muguruza now with a French Open Championship and a Wimbledon Championship. And um, she's doing great things for Spanish tennis on the women's side. Now, you know, obviously the men's side have had plenty of Spanish stars over the... uh, over the years, after, over the last decade, last 10 to 15 years, they have been dominant with the global game. And now uh, Muguruza is just adding to, uh, to Spanish tennis. And they're excited uh, that they have uh, now a two-time Grand Slam champion, one French, one Wimbledon. And um, she's going to be looking to do more and more great things. I, I just want to say uh, Venus Williams, uh, an amazing tournament from Venus um, you know she really struggled the first couple of rounds um, dealing with the the off-court uh, controversy of a uh, of, of a car accident where there was a, there, there was a death um, before the uh, before the event uh, she was under all kinds of stress and uh, and uh, anxiety uh, during those the first uh, the first couple of rounds of the event um, but once uh, once that was cleared up she uh, she really just swung freely, and um, she's uh, an amazing uh, an amazing athlete, an amazing player, and is so uh, so dangerous on the grass where her all out attack and her, and her big serve she she's able to dictate play from the back of the court, but she just pulled up short against uh, said the younger, more focused uh, Murguruza. Murguruza was on a, on a real mission from the outset here at these championships. She had laser like focus uh, with Conchita Martinez in her corner. And uh, she fully deserves the the Wimbledon uh, championship for 2017. Expect her to uh, go str- strength to strength now. I expect to see her back in the top five very, very soon. And uh, she uh, is a little bit more mature now, probably a little bit more uh, 
able to handle the, the high expectations that not only comes from uh, her homeland in Spain for Spanish tennis, but for the, for the game at a, at a global level. So I expect Muguruza to be competing um, in semi-finals and finals over the next uh, three to four years for these major, major champions, major, major championships. It was uh, a, a great final, such a really high level in that first set. Um, some of the best women's tennis that you're ever going to see anywhere um, on the planet. And uh, both girls showcased, uh, showcased their skills and, and they should be very proud of the way they handled themselves. Coming up next on No Holds Barred, Roger Federer wins the title for an eighth time. Um, we'll, we'll catch you guys here soon at No Holds Barred. Roger Federer is won his eighth Wimbledon championship in emphatic fashion on Sunday. Takes the great, uh, the great Federer to 19 Grand Slam victories. As I said, eight Wimbledons. And the way he went about his business, destroying Marin Cilic in straight sets, really uh, was super, super impressive. The 35-year-old. Um, breaking records and, and shattering all kinds of uh, all kinds of previous uh, feats and marks, and it was really the way Federer went about his business throughout the the two weeks. Yes, coming into the event, he was one of the favourites uh, coming in, but to go through the event and and not drop a set um, all the way through, he went next level from about round four onwards. He destroyed. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov in round four, who was super impressive. Um, you know, Dimitrov destroyed the three guys that he played to, to reach that fourth round, and, and he was nowhere near Federer in that fourth round match. Um, then he went, went on and um, picked apart Milos Raonic. Thomas Burdich put up a bit of a fight, but that was straight sets also. And uh, Marin Cilic was never in the hunt. And, and Federer, throughout the two weeks, he, he just displayed um, nothing but cool, calm and collectiveness. He was never anxious throughout the whole two weeks. Um, amazingly, he's hitting his forehand better than ever. You know, in previous uh, previous slams, the forehand tends to uh, to go missing uh, at times, but there was never any indication that that was going to take place. Um, he was so dominant on serve that, you know, once, uh, once he was able to, to get a break in each one of his matches, there was really no catching him. Um, such an amazing front runner. And, and what Roger has done uh, at this Wimbledon, it, it's so hard to believe, but he's actually separated himself further from the pack, um, from the elite guys. Uh, he's, uh, you know, Andy Murray uh, has been breaking down all year long. It seems like the the the, uh, the physical toll is, is really uh, wear, really wearing him down. He, he uh, had such a hectic season and such a, a dominant season last year to get to number one in the world. Uh, it seems like his body's paying the price now. Uh, that hip injury, he was plagued by that throughout the entire uh, two weeks and really was never a threat. Um, Sam Query, uh, you know, dominating him in the last two sets there, sets four and five to, to eliminate him. Novak breaking down also. Couldn't, uh, couldn't go the distance with Burdich. Um, and Nadal paid the price against Jules Muller for just a poor strategy. Playing too defensive, standing back near the fence on return of serve. Muller, one of the best return serve, uh, one of the best servers on the planet, and that poor strategy from Nadal was a fatal, fatal mistake. Uh, 
So he was out early, and they were dropping like flies. And and Federer must have looked around and said, "This is a, this is amazing. These guys are dropping like flies. I'm feeling better than ever." And uh, there was no one there that was able to put any kind of pressure on him whatsoever. And, and uh, as a result, um, the great Roger Federer wins his eighth Wimbledon title. And you know, going into the American hardcore season. Um, you know, and leading into the U.S. Open, he's got a start favourite there as well. To think that he could win three uh, of the four slams this year, didn't even play the French Open, uh, took the whole clay court season off. Looks like a, a genius move from Federer. He was fresh, fitter than ever, playing as well as ever. And uh, where does it end? Uh, where does it end? Truly, truly phenomenal two weeks for, for Federer his coaching staff and his family. And Marin Cilic was really found wanting in the final. There was talk of, uh, of an injury. I wouldn't count blisters as an injury. I would call it as a, a lack of conditioning. Uh, that's the bottom line. It's really as simple as that. And if the blister was so bad, why was Cilic out uh, you know, on court for an hour and a half to two hours uh, hitting balls in preparation for the final? Uh, really, if the blister was so bad, I would have been putting the feet up uh, I would have been uh, fully aware of uh, how it was feeling. Um, but look, in the end, I just think Chilich, it was a combination of uh, his first Wimbledon final being overwhelmed and, uh, and playing uh, a champion in Federer that was never going to be denied uh, playing as, as well as ever. And in the end, Chilich just didn't have the firepower uh, or, the, uh, or the mental toughness to go with Roger. An amazing performance from Federer. So a remarkable event was the 2017 Wimbledon Championship. Roger Federer is back at the pinnacle of the game. Eight Wimbledon Championships. We'll probably never see it again. It's been, amaz- it's been an amazing two months uh, in world tennis. Nadal winning his 10th French Open. Federer winning his 8th Wimbledon. You know, two of these guys have been at the forefront of the game for the last, you know, over the last decade. And perhaps they will match up again in New York at the US Open come September. Uh, it's been uh, truly phenomenal. He's playing better than ever, Roger. Um, they're the two best players in the world so far this year. Um, as I said, with Andy Murray breaking down, he's struggling. Novak Djokovic dealing with all courts of off-court issues, and now his body's breaking down as well. Um, it, looks, uh, it, it looks like uh, if they're in opposite halves of the draw... It looks like a Federer v Nadal possible matchup in New York, and uh, what a spectacle that will be! I look forward to that. Hopefully, that takes place uh, come September. What a show! What a show it's been today on No Holds Barred. The the AFL uh, roundup, some some upsets there. Um, it's going to be more and more intense uh, over the last five or six weeks of the season. We're going to bring you plenty of that action. Uh, the Summer League is coming to a conclusion. Now, the Lakers will play the Portland Trailblazers in the title game. We'll let you know if Lon's ball uh, takes, takes uh, his, uh, his starting position uh, in that game. The super rookie, he's been amazing throughout the Summer League. Um, the Conor McGregor and Mayweather Circus Act, um, we'll be bringing you that. If, if stuff continues to roll in on that, we're going to talk more about that. It's a complete circus act, this one, but I can't take my eyes off it. And neither can the public. And as the World Tennis Tour moves into the uh, American hardcore swing, we're going to keep you up to date with that. It's been a great show. We hope you've enjoyed it. 
We'll be back tomorrow with more world sport. This is No Holds Barred. you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.